Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, November 8th. Like sands through the hourglass, soap fans saw the first episode of Days of Our Lives on this date in 1965. And on this date in 2000, a statewide recount of ballots began in Florida. That state emerged as the decider of the presidential election. Earlier that day, Vice President Al Gore called Texas Governor George W. Bush to concede the race. But he called back an hour later to retract his concession. Bush ended up in the White House. And on this date in 2016, Republican Donald Trump was elected America's 45th president, defeating Democrat Hillary Clinton. Now let's get your Tuesday forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good morning to you and happy Election Day. As you head out to the polls this morning, a mild start temperatures in the 60s. We'll see lots of sunshine uh, for today. It will be a breezier day. That breeze is going to help to bring in cooler air, especially this afternoon. You'll notice that 80s past couple days, low to mid 70s for high. So we start out fairly mild this morning. We just don't warm up a whole lot. Clouds will increase as we head toward this evening, setting the stage for what's going to be a cloudy stretch Wednesday through Friday. Now cool tomorrow, 68, small chance of a shower. First alert weather days Thursday and Friday as the impacts from subtropical storm Nicole push our way, mainly in the form of some rain that could be heavy at times, breezy conditions and coastal flooding. But all that's out of here for the weekend. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. And let's check in on your morning headlines. The Goose Creek Fire Department says a fire at Stratford High School was set on purpose. They also say one student was taken to the hospital for a medical evaluation. The Berkeley County School District sent students home just before 1 o'clock yesterday afternoon because of the continued presence of smoke in the building. Students and staff were originally evacuated after reports of that fire in a bathroom. No word from officials yet on any suspects or that student's current condition. We are learning new details about a Friday evening now fatal accident that happened on MUSC's downtown Charleston campus. The Charleston County coroner says 69-year-old Diane Royer died at MUSC on Courtney Drive from blunt force injuries just minutes after Charleston police responded to that scene. This is video sent to us by a viewer just after that incident happened. Now hospital officials say the accident involved two vendor trucks with Royer pinned between them. Well, the state superintendent race is one of the races we've been watching closely here at Live 5. Democrat Lisa Ellis and Republican Ellen Weaver are competing to succeed Republican Superintendent Molly Spearman, who's not seeking re-election. Our Molly McBride got the chance to speak with both of those candidates about the issues that matter the most to them and what their first actions would be if they are elected. Good morning, Molly. Good morning. Both candidates have strong opinions about how to improve the state's Department of Education, but today it'll be up to voters to decide whose plan they trust the most. Spending the last 20 years working in schools, Democrat Lisa Ellis says she has the experience needed for this role. 
She says her top priority is improving teacher retention rates by increasing salaries, hiring more staff and eliminating unnecessary paperwork and policies so teachers can spend more time building lesson plans and engaging with students. That recruitment and retention piece is really my priority because all of the other issues that people are talking about aren't going to be solved until you have a high quality teacher or a high quality adult in, you know, in front of students that can help make things better. Ellis says if elected, her first move would be to meet with employees of the Department of Education to hear feedback from them. She says she needs to understand where we are in order to move where we want to be. Now, moving on to Ellen Weaver, who has chaired the state's Education Oversight Committee and heads the conservative think tank, Palmetto Promise Institute. Weaver says she has a laser focus on improving the state's academic programs. She says phonics and vocabulary building in early grades is critical. She says she also wants to eliminate unnecessary paperwork for teachers and keep decision making as close to the student as possible. We have got to defend the right of parents to make educational and medical decisions for their children and to just make sure that they are thoroughly involved in everything that goes on in that school. And so we are going to be focused heavily on engaging parents and equipping parents with the information that they need to support both their child and their teacher in the classroom. Weaver says her first action, if elected, would be to revisit and reboot the state's early literacy program. We have both candidates' websites with more information about their policies linked under this web story at live5news.com. Reporting live in Dorchester County, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Thanks so much, Molly. Well, taking a live look over the Capitol this morning where the party that wins control of the U.S. House today will be able to pick the House Speaker. Yeah, two people likely are vying for the role. Amy Kiley reports on their pitches to voters. Control of the U.S. House is on the line today, and the winning party will have the power to pick the House Speaker. If we win the majority, I'll run for Speaker. Representative Kevin McCarthy of California's minority leader now. Here's what the Republican says he would do in the top job. First thing we're going to do is make sure an economy that's strong. I think the first thing you'll see is a... Um, a bill to control the border first. The first thing I'll ask the president not to call half the nation idiots. Incumbent House Speaker Nancy Pelosi gave this message to voters last night. A vote tomorrow is a vote to defend our democracy. For the first time, she has opened up about the attack on her husband October 28th. She says she wasn't there when the intruder broke into their home because she was sleeping in Washington. I hear the doorbell ring and think, it's five-something, and I'm thinking my children, my grandchildren. David DePap is charged with attempted murder for the attack. He has pleaded not guilty. For me, this is really the hard part because Paul was not the target, and he's the one who's paying the price. Asked if she'll retire if Democrats lose the House. I have to say my decision will be affected about what happened the last week or two. I'm Amy Kiley, Live 5 News. Well, Election Day is here, and the Charleston County Board of Elections wants you to be prepared to vote. Yeah, today the polls will be open from 7 a.m. until 7 p.m. Our Lauren Quinlan joins us live in Charleston County. And Lauren, what last-minute tips do you have and officials have uh, to share with voters? 
Asia officials say don't leave your ID at home. Make sure you bring that with you. And as long as you are in line by 7 p.m. tonight, you'll be able to vote. Isaac Kramer with the Charleston County Board of Elections says early voting has been a great success and they saw a record turnout this year. He says this is great because lines today are expected to be shorter since most of the county has already voted. Now, there are some do's and don'ts on Election Day. Kramer says you must bring your state-issued ID to the polls, but you cannot wear campaign material that deals with any candidates currently on the ballot. This is for both inside and outside within 500 feet of the entrance. It happens every election. People will come in, but they'll just ask to be kind of take off their campaign button, take off their hat, or flip their shirt inside out. Um, and that's just the law. You can't have that inside the polling location. If you have an absentee ballot, you must drop it off at the Charleston County Board of Elections headquarters by 7 p.m. tonight. Their offices are located at 4367 Headquarters Road in North Charleston. Kramer tells me if you don't drop off your absentee ballot tonight by 7 p.m., it will not be counted. If you need to find a polling place near you, visit our website or scvotes.gov. Reporting for Live 5 News, I'm Lauren Quinlan. Thanks so much, Lauren. Well, a historic election is getting underway this morning to determine who will be representing Charleston County School District 4. New Reagan has been following the race from day one and has all the details. For the first time, all nine school board seats in Charleston County will be up for re-election. Now that comes after a change in state law that changes how board members are elected. That change seems to have discouraged many incumbents from seeking re-election. Only two are looking to defend their seats. There are 32 candidates in total. District 1 and 4 have just two candidates to choose from, while many others have three or four candidates. District 2 has the most with six candidates. We're keeping an eye on two races in particular. District 4, where incumbent Courtney Waters is hoping to hold on to her seat. She's up against Kevin Hollinshed, a former school board member who was voted out of office in the last election after being heavily targeted with attack ads from the Charleston Coalition for Kids. The coalition is once again backing Waters. They're also backing incumbent Helen Frazier in District 8. She's facing a former state superintendent candidate Travis Bedson, who was defeated in the primaries and decided to run for the local school board. She's also facing Darlene Dunmire, who is well known in the Hollywood community and has become one of the top fundraisers among all districts. Now, these races are expected to be very tight, and when it is all said and done, we may just have an entirely new Charleston County School Board. Reporting for Live 5 News, I'm Nick Reagan. Almost 21,000 people in Dorchester County have already cast their vote. But for those of you who plan to head to the polls today, our Molly McBride met with Dorchester County's Director of Elections and Voter Registration and brings you what you need to know for today's election. Good morning, Molly. Good morning. Kizzy Scott, the director, tells me they're looking forward to a smooth election and are excited for voters to come out and cast their votes. Scott tells me in preparation, they've given lists of voting locations to local law enforcement and are partnering with SLED and the National Guard to keep the polls secure. She says she encourages the public to be patient with poll workers because they've been dealing with a lot of policy changes specifically regarding the absentee voting policy. And she says she guarantees that voters' ballots will be cast without any issues. If you are in line by 7 p.m., you still get to vote. What we do is we get one of our workers to get behind the last person in line 
That way no one else can filter in the line and, and vote who are not eligible to vote because the polls are closed at 7 p.m. Scott says if you haven't updated your address or don't know where the closest polling location is to you, you can visit scvotes.gov or contact the Dorchester County Elections Office. Reporting live in Dorchester County, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Thanks so much, Molly. Well, one key race on today's ballot is the hotly contested gubernatorial race featuring incumbent Governor Henry McMaster and Democratic challenger Joe Cunningham. Yeah, Live Five's Lauren Quinlan joining us live now. And Lauren, you talked with the people representing both of those campaigns. What are the biggest differences between the two? Good morning. Good morning, Aisha. Incumbent Governor McMaster says he's fighting to lead the state to its fullest potential with traditional conservative values, while Cunningham says he's fighting for more freedoms in the state. McMaster was sworn in as governor in January 2017, following then-Governor Nikki Haley's appointment as U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations. McMaster was then elected to a full term as governor in November 2018. If he wins today's gubernatorial race, he will be the longest-standing governor in the state's history. A spokesperson with McMaster's campaign says, quote, he has ushered in a new era of economic prosperity in the state, making bold investments in infrastructure, has signed the largest income tax cut in state history, and has fought for pay raises for teachers, end quote. He concludes saying their best days are ahead. Now in 2018, Joe Cunningham became the first Democrat to be elected to South Carolina's first congressional district in over 40 years. Cunningham says he's looking to put people over politics, bringing South Carolina out of the past and into the future. We're wanting to allow people to keep more money in their pocket by eliminating state income tax, allow women the freedom to control their own bodies, uh, legalize marijuana and sports betting, and take that tax revenue and pay our teachers more and fix our roads. Um, you know, with all due respect to Governor McMaster, he's had almost half a century to get done whatever it is he wanted to get done. And it's time for new leadership. The polls will be open today from 7 to 7. And if you need help finding a polling place near you, visit our website or scvotes.gov. Reporting for Live 5 News, I'm Lauren Quinlan. Thanks so much, Lauren. Well, multiple groups want to make sure that you get out to vote with free or discounted rides to the polls. The South Carolina Coalition for Voter Participation will provide free nonpartisan transportation for people who need it. According to their press release, rides will be offered starting at 730 this morning. They'll run until 5 p.m. To schedule a ride, call the number listed right there on your screen, 843-225-0822. Now, CARTA also offering free rides to and from the polls today. You'll just have to let the driver know that you're headed to the polls. Lyft and Lime scooters are giving customers discount codes for Election Day. You can find those codes under this web story on live5news.com. Celebrating birthdays, singer Bonnie Raitt is 73. TV personality and former Entertainment Tonight host Mary Hart is 72. Chef and TV personality Gordon Ramsay is 56. ABC News anchor David Muir turns 49. And TV personality Jack Osborne is 37. Thanks for joining us at Live 5 News for Morning Y'all. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all. Produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.